Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What is going on everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to another week of Hero or Zero. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking one comic book character, as we do every single week. We talk their good points and their bad points, and we just generally give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mead. Sean, how is it going? Uh, currently overheating. This room is, mm. I would describe it as uncomfortably warm, Connor. Mm. I, w- I don't want to try and gloat, right? But Ireland mm. is currently experiencing a heat wave of up to 15 degrees Celsius. So, And qu- quite frankly, we're, 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 we're all out, out for the count. I seen uh, the sun there for about 15 seconds. I was like, what is this? Go back in! <laughs> You went outside, took your shirt off, just walked around town. It was a whole thing. Uh, we're pr- go- yeah, we're the type of people that if it gets to 12 degrees, there's always some old guy walking downtown topless. I'm just like, put it away, sir. Sir, now is not the time, please. <laughs> Though what I am looking forward to, and I'm hoping happens, because it happens every time it's sunny and we record this show, is the ice cream van goes past your house. <laughs> it's normally in about 20 minutes, so if at some stage in this episode you hear that, that's, I'll be gone. You'll have to take over, because I'll have to go rush it out for my it's, 99. It's your week. <laughs> Just guess! Just guess it! Just improv it, it'll be fine. <laughs> so, this is the show where we choose one comic book character. Um, I normally choose DC, and Sean chooses Marvel. And as Sean has mentioned, it is my week. And so, on this week, I have decided to do a character that I feel like doesn't get the love that she deserves. And she's a Ooh. very, very powerful and cool character that right. has appeared... She has appeared on TV, she has her own uh, TV show now. And as part of the Arrowverse, and also she was um, a regular appearance in Justice League Unlimited. So, the character I'm going to be doing this week is Vixen, Sean. Vixen? Now, what do you know of Vixen? Okay, it's spelled V-I-X-E-N. That's the word, yes. And it's a character involved in the Arrowverse. 
Uh, and also Justice League Unlimited, apparently. Feels, feels like that's something I said, but okay. It's a character a bit underrated, I would say. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts? I feel like you're going to have to take over, Sean, so I'm going to need you on your top form here. Oh, mint chocolate chip is the best flavour. <laughs> so, this character, uh, Mary McCabe, um, she was created by Jerry Codway and Bob Oxner, and her first appearance was in Action Comics 521. Now, Vixen was intended to be the first African-American female DC superhero to star in her own series. And this is during the early 80s of DC. And so they were going to push her as the first African-American female DC superstar, our superhero, to be like, she's getting her own series. And it was a big deal. Right, um, okay. But this was uh, also at the same time, they were launching multiple uh, characters at the same um, Basically to be like, we're going to run so many brand new characters because we're going to just get a, a big implosion of all these new guys. Because Batman's cool. But what about all these new people? And it makes sense. Right, so as a business. throw a bunch of stuff at the wall, uh, and here's all the new comic characters, and we'll see which ones become the, the new fan favourites. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, the series was actually cancelled a few years before, um, in a, something called the DC Implosion, and was never released, right? Now, the story has subsequently been printed and been put out, but originally she was going to get her own series. But since her debut in Action Comics, she has primarily appeared in team books more so than her own series. Um, Most notably, various incarnations, Sean, of the Justice League and the Suicide Squad. And so, this is a character... And Suicide Squad? Yes! It's so interesting... It's all interesting that she doesn't get, like, name recognition for a character that has been involved in all the teams we love since the 80s. Yeah, and, like, Justice League, pretty traditionally good guys. Suicide Squad, mostly bad guys, right? Mostly bad guys or people that maybe have a lot of guilt over something they've done. Like a Slipknot, perhaps. <laughs> like a Slipknot. R.I.P. to the big man. He nearly got away. <laughs> nearly. Secret cameo in the new movie. <laughs> so, is that the ice cream for Chuck? It is the ice cream man, yes! <laughs> He's big <early>. show. <laughs> He's early. It's the heat, Sean. You know what I mean? To capitalise on the business, absolutely. He must be missing me. I'm out there every night, Sean. Every night I'm out there meeting him. Just um, shaking so- your fistful of coins. <laughs> In ancient Africa, there was a legend that the warrior Tantu asked uh, Anansi, the spider, to create a totem that would give the wearer all of the powers of the animal kingdom. So, there was a legend that this warrior in Africa asked this um, this Anansi, the spider god, I think it is. I apologise if I'm wrong on that perfectly, but basically, he asked this spirit to give him something that had all the powers of all the animal kingdom. Interesting. Okay. Look, there's a very similar thing that happens to Spider-Man. That there's Mm. a spider totem and they get all the powers of animals and shit like that. Yeah, and um, the thing about in DC, they call it the Red. And what the Red is, is like a spirit between humans and animals. And so there are some heroes that have a connection to that and they can morph into animals. Basically, any superhero that has the power to turn into some sort of animal or speak to animals has a thing called the Red, is what they call like it animal in DC. Like the exact same as Animal Man, which is a character that we have also discussed here. Yeah, I, um, I've learned something from Hero you have. Zero. <laughs> um, so they said that they would 
or this great warrior said he would use this totem to, to protect the innocent. And it, it is possible that the Anansi who Tantu met may have been a member of an alien race who gave oh. another uh, hero um, the ability to tap into a different field of, not the raid, but it, basically they're just really powerful god that he met. And was like, put all the power of the animal kingdom into this totem. Um, right. So... So what happened was, growing up in the small African village, Mary McCabe heard the legend of the Tantu Totem from her parents. And since she was the daughter of the Reverend Richard, the village priest, he he was her sole caretaker, as poachers um, had killed her mother years before. So Sean, you're kind of getting it now. It's a hero origin. One of the parents is already dead. Yeah, which doesn't give me hope for the survival of the second parent, I'll be honest. Reverend Richard himself was killed by... Oh, the Reverend. <laughs> See, normally it takes even a few sentences, but you initially involve, introduce the fact that her mother's dead. Oh, well, at least she's been raised by her dad. Dad's dead as well. So now yeah. we've got a hero. In many ways, the only person she had left, and she already knew the pain of loss, and now she has to relive that. Oh, in many ways, it's worse. And so the Reverend was killed by his half-brother, so Mary's uncle, General Maxie. Maxie wanted the Tantu totem, which Richard uh, had possession of. So what had happened was it had been passed down generation to generation. So the ancient uh, story was that there was this warrior who had got this totem and had passed it down through all their descendants until it had gotten to the McCabe's. And so her father was in control of it. And then he was killed by his brother who was like, give me the most powerful thing that you have so I can be like super powerful. Proper bad guy storyline. Yeah, he wants power for selfish reasons, not for Mm. the original reason that is to help people. So now orphaned, um, she fled to America. She's at her peak power. (laughs) She's at her peak power. She's orphaned. Bruce Wayne is nodding slightly in the corner like, yes. Keep it up. Another one joins the ranks. (laughs) Um, She met up, uh, or she set up an identity for herself as Mary McCabe and used her beauty to become a well known fashion model in New York City. She used her newfound wealth to travel the world, Sean. And on a trip back to Africa, she came across her uncle again and stole back the Tantu totem, using its power to become the vixen, Sean. Um, And so she went back to Africa and her uncle is like this powerful lord who's a He's basically like head of the village. He's like installed himself as the leader, basically. Because he's he's got superpowers now. And so she came back to be like, this is actually mine. And she took it back off of him. And so then, using it, she became the vixen. And she's going to use those powers for good, Sean, not so much for evil. As her family intended for so many years. Mm. Beautiful. I love it. Yes. Now, after this, vixen actually only made two appearances as a solo crime fighter. Once fighting poachers in India, and then against another criminal called Admiral Cerebrus. So... Originally, as I said, she was going to have her own solo series, and Mm. that never came out. So this backstory actually came a few years later, and we've I've kind of I've kind of thrown this in first, so you kind of get an idea. Right. So she showed up first, and then later on they explain where she comes from. Yeah. Um. And so, despite being nearly the 
the first female African character to be featured in her own comic book series. Vixen was subsequently really... She was basically categorised somewhat, like, stereotypically as if they needed, like, an African character and they were gone to Africa, she would show up. And so, right. for, like, a period... Of, she was. Yeah, like, you, we all know, like, especially in the 80s or whatever, like, Batman goes to Africa on a mission, he comes across Vixen. Just randomly. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Now, undoubtedly, one of the most important moments for the character was her introduction into the Justice League of America. Now, at the time in the early 1980s, the comic book industry was dominated by a little series known as the X-Men, Shod. You've probably heard of it. Familiar with the concept. Mm. Now, the X-Men over at Marvel were leading the sales across the entire industry of comic books. And... But DC was equally selling uh, just beside them with another team called the Teen Titans at this time. Now, are what some are kind two... of rip off of the X Men, and the, the X Men are far better, like Marvel um, in general, Connor. I would say yes. I would say that. Oh, <laughs> didn't expect that to go that way. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to just go nod and say, "Yeah, okay, cool." <laughs> yeah, fine. Sean will but, tire himself out. It'll but, be fine. But these Teen Titans have Robin and Nightwing, Sean. <laughs> Oh, and Night... Oh, like in, yeah. like in Titans, the Netflix series. Okay. Oh, don't bring up that, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> My heart can't take it. Um, so, what is the two things that the next men and Teen Titans both have in common, and why were they the best sellers at this time? Uh, they were a team, mm. and they had... They, they were teenagers? They were younger. And they so, were relatable to the younger audience. It was a team, but it was a younger team. And so, with that in mind, DC basically decided to relaunch the Justice League of America with a younger and less mainstream cast. Now, while most of these characters were entirely new creations, Vixen was seen... She was written as one of the more experienced of the new members. as She'd been around for, like, five years, maybe, at this point, but always right. as a background character. But it was said that she was kind of working... She was doing great things, but we just never seen it. So yeah, you, you, you like she walks in a room and everyone like recites her storied history as a great yeah. hero, basically. like proper exposition dialogue at all yeah. times, right? But um, she was joined. She so she joined the Justice League of America in this new relaunch as part of all these new characters that they were going to push heavy. And during her time with the JLA, the totem was actually taken from her by a, a guy called General Maxi, who still sought its power. Now, the totem, um, Sean, uh, the totem would grant its full power to those who would use it to protect the innocent. And it wouldn't grant its full power to those who were going to do bad stuff with it. So the totem can decide, like, it's like, Mm. okay, you get 20% or you get... Okay, okay. What I I will say, by the way, General Maxi um, is her uncle. So the uncle had come back for the totem. Oh, right, okay. Okay, so, but but she's more powerful with the totem than he would be, for example. Yes. Okay. So he takes it, and he is transformed into a raging beast, because he can't control it. He just becomes this big monster thing, which is oh, classic. Oh, so he gets, like, the animal power. Yeah, it's classic, like, oh, you, you, you get what you wish for, but at a cost. Like, he you gets all the get- animal powers. Yeah, you always get that um, sto- heroes and in- stories involving heroes and villains that like have like injections or something. Like, so the bad guy instead of taking one, he takes fifty and he becomes this big monster. If I can 
make Connor the Incredible Hulk 2009. <laughs> Tim Roth. 2000, isn't that 2008? I thought Iron Man was 2008. No, both of them 2008. Impossible. I'm telling you. Totally impossible. <laughs> I, I would bank my life savings of zero on that. Okay, let's... Uh, not, look, I think it's 2008 as well. You know I'm bad with movie dates. <laughs> I know. And so Maxi is transformed into a raging beast. And they have this big battle. And eventually Maxi was actually killed in the battle with Vixen. Oh. Um, and so she kills him. And Vixen continues with this particular inter- incar- incarnation of the JLA until it was disbanded by the Martian Manhunter. And this was because... Despite the attempt to give the title new life, this version of the Justice League, which was kind of dubbed as the Justice League of Detroit, or Justice League Detroit because it was based in Detroit, was not popular. <laughs> as oh. fans did not take to the disappearance of traditional league members very well, Sean. I can see how that would have backfired. It's weird that they decided to just go like pretty much all out with a new roster. And not, like, keep someone in as, like, a, hey, you remember Green Arrow? He's think, still here. I think Martian Manhunter was there. Oh, he was the he... leader. Okay. I get, yeah. Oh, and I get he's, like, a staple. He's, like, a founding member, right? Yeah, like, he's pretty close to founding. Okay, yeah. It's like, I, I get that. Um, but if they, And I get that they probably couldn't just say... Oh, here's Batman and Superman. They're still on the team. But be interested in everyone else. I, I think it's one of those things where people are interested if it's Teen Titans, because that's a brand new thing, and you can introduce all these new people, but you're breaking up a team that already exists with Batman and Superman, and you it just seems like a watered-down version rather than a brand new cool idea. Yeah, yeah. And it's similar like in Marvel. That's why there's been a bunch of Avengers-like teams set up that eventually disband. And so, um, soon after the series was cancelled, which meant storyline-wise, Martian Manhunter came in and was like, we're disbanding the team. And so they didn't even, they didn't have a very long run. So her story at that time was really just that one plot other than like general team-based things where they were all, something based around her was just that one story really that I could find. Right. The rest um, of it was, let's see what adventures the team gets up to. Yeah. And so after when the league disbanded, Vixen returned to modelling. But a Caribbean photo shoot turned violent and Mary's colleagues were killed by drug smugglers in front of her. And Fuck. she she got like viciously like aggressive, of course, and she was traumatised. And so yeah. she appealed to the government, who turned the matter over to the Suicide Squad. And so going under, going undercover, she was like, I'm going on this mission and we're going to yeah. stop these guys. And so she goes undercover to capture the drug kingpin called Cujo. Now, along with Captain Boomerang and Black Orchid, she destroyed the operation, but not before she actually lost control and became super, like, she was still so bad that he had killed all of her colleagues and she killed the, ki- the criminal kingpin too. Um right. Just oh, in so she, her anger. She couldn't, like, restrain herself, basically. She was... No. Pure and rage. So, and what what's interesting about this is that, in terms of the totem, the idea could be at the start that the totem gives her the powers of animals. But how it's actually structured is that the totem is how she controls her power. So, she is, like... 
very animalistic without the totem. So she's super, she's connected to animals anyway, but the totem actually allows her to control it and become more human. Oh, right. So the the totems like finds you a balance between the yeah. human stuff and the animal stuff. It's somewhere oh, to put so all the power. Yeah, and so if that totem like if it's skewed one way or the other, mm. um, you get a situation where you kill a drug kingpin. And so she's revolted by what she has become, basically, and she's like disgusted with herself. And she agrees mm. to work with the Suicide Squad until her animal instincts could be curbed. And she learns her lesson. Oh, so that's... So literally, it's like a penance kind of thing. Yeah, it's a a self-imposed penance. Wow, that's hardcore. Yeah. Because she's like... Clearly, she's very aware that, like, no, I've done wrong. I need to make it right As opposed to Captain Boomerang, who we have done on on this show, and he's just a complete (laughs) shithouse. He just, he doesn't give a fuck. That's it. He, no. he looks out for number one. Yeah, so she worked with the squad for some time and the team battled many threats. Among the most daunting were uh, two villains called Kadra and Despero. Now, during her time with the Suicide Squad, she also partook in a majority of the missions, become a major player in such storylines as the hunt for Rick Flagg and Sen- Senator Cray. At one point, Vixen Sorry. worked with- Yeah? How did they not call that story Capture the Flag? <laughs> Hunt for Rick Flag. I got it. <laughs> um, there's, all, there's like one guy. He's like, yeah, I got it. Uh, no, sorry, Slipknot. Slipknot is holding an actual flag, and he's like, I got the flag. They're like, no, Rick, Rick Flag, <laughs> not the flag. Oh, I'm, classic Slipknot. Am I right? <laughs> if you'll excuse me, I'm a man who has to wheel away on a rope. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, at one point, Vixen worked uh, with Wally West as well to take down Gorilla Grodd, who was using a machine to give the animals of Keystone City advanced intelligence and turning them against the humans, which is a very Gorilla Grodd uh, plotline. Um, it is. Have we done Gorilla Grodd like, on the show? We haven't done Gorilla Grodd on the Hero Zero yet. I would like to learn more, like a lot more about Gorilla Grodd. He's just a, I think he's, he's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, he's like a genius, like intellect, but he's a big ape, right? And so he's constantly like, "I can make animals smarter. We'll rise up and be much better." So yeah, he he takes over all the animals. Um, during the battle, Grodd would use his machine on Vixen forcing her to become largely useless animals such as a slug uh, but luckily Wally broke free of the cage and he defeats Grodd because of course it's Wally West's story and she's just kind of joining in with it um, yeah. now although um, the team was disbanded uh, for a year and so retur- Mary returned to modelling and even lodged a successful line of clothing and her, she had a failed romance with Ben Turner in the process of doing the Suicide Squad, and Brent, Ben Turner is otherwise known as the Bronze Tiger, which oh. you should have seen in Arrow. I think he was in Arrow yeah. for a little bit as well. Arrow season one or two, I think, like early My, days. Arrow. Yeah, and so he's Bronze Tiger. So she has a failed romance with him. They're on to get off again a lot, and um, he made. Her failed romance with Ben Turner made Vixen decline an offer to rejoin the squad, basically. So they invited her back in, and she was like, 
we're kind of broken up and I think that'd be awkward so I'm not going to join back up with the team I'm also a really successful model and really rich so I, was thinking, okay. I love how she always goes back to the model and she's just like oh look I I have this thing I'm very good at like, yeah. like the superhero like, thing that's just a side gig like she wants to stop crying but like if the Suicide Squad's like we're done and you have two months off alright I'll just go make a shit ton of money modelling alright yeah. cool unreal <laughs> Vixen Root reluctantly agrees to return eventually um, as she senses a chance to help the tortured uh, bronze tiger because Ben Turner was going through a difficult time so she turns up and she basically wants to come back to help him but she ultimately gives up on the tiger sensing he would never admit to needing his help or to needing her help I should say and so she is in and out really of storylines until around 2008 and it's this uh, she departs from the squad again and she actually occasionally works with Animal Man, which is a character we have discussed Good here. Pairing. You would, it makes sense that they would be together, does it not? Um, yeah, that's like two skill sets that perfectly complement each other. And she would return shortly to the Justice League during the events of Infinite Crisis. And during the events of One Year Later, which comes after that, the Justice League is reformed once again, behind the direction of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Um, now... She is not initially considered as a member because oh, Su- Superman Superman thinks that she's Superman's like yeah I think we should bring her back in and Batman and Wonder Woman are like no we don't want her back in but I think it's a case of Batman doesn't like everyone and Wonder Woman's kind of like we don't I I don't know if she's proven herself yet because she's worked with the Suicide Squad for the last twenty years. Fair. Who else do they allow on the team? Oh God! Um, phew, booster. I, I'm putting you on the spot there. I'm really sorry. About that. I, I don't know who was on the 2009 version of the Justice League. That's um, but if they have like Red Arrow on it, who hmm. is like the canonically like he's been up to some stuff, then surely, surely Vixen could be. On yeah, that. but see, Vixen was then um, during this time, so she's not fully offered membership at the at the moment, right? And at this, mm-hmm. during this time, she was lured to a bar in Hub City by a supposed note but sent by the question. And when arriving at the bar, she's ambushed by two villains called Electrocu- Electrocutioner. Electric- How am I not saying that? Electrocutioner and Plastique. And Plastique quickly Can't grabbed pronounce her- plastic, I'm sorry. Oh, for God's sake. No, it's Plastique. <laughs> Plastic, just the, the, you know, it's just, he's just a fucking tub of plastic. Just a big tub of Lego. <laughs> Who brought the bottled water? Fucking hell, he's a villain. <laughs> um, Plastic, Plastic quickly grabbed her totem from around her waist, and she basically gets ambushed. And they get out of there in a boom tube. And just before they go, to destroy the bar. And so she basically Fuck. just get, turns up, they absolutely ambush her, take the totem off her, and they get out of there. Mary managed to pull herself from the wreckage as she began to lose control of her powers due to the totem missing and unable to channel them properly. Oh shit, so she's like it's like they like took away her uh, her ability yeah, they, literally they took away her ability to control what's going on with her. So now she has like a set amount of time before it just breaks loose. After hours of being free from her powers, she forgot almost all of her memories, including her name. And she began... Because she just became more and more animalistic as it was going along. I get you, And yeah. so 
She then began to regain control, a slow, just just slightly, as she remembered the totem being stolen from her. Latching on to that one thought, and just being human, she began her pursuit of finding her missing totem before time ran out. And as she searched, a stinging pain hit her in the back as Arsenal shot the android Amazo. So what had happened was, these two guys had stolen the tube, and they brought it back to the villain known as Amazo. And so the Amazo, um, he did actually brought it back to Professor Ivo, but he had implanted it in Amazo. And it was basically an idea, of course, because Amazo's an idiot. So you need Professor Ivo. Professor Ivo actually is in Arrow as well, I think, season two. Is he? Yeah, I think so. He thinks he's the doctor on the island. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, That's just a random (laughs) memory I have. Because I remember looking him up. Pretty good. (laughs) First two. I'm not giving you three. (laughs) I think three Um, is fine. (laughs) um, And so he puts it in a maze to make this like ultimate powerful, like, um, just villain. And Arsenal is in the process of, or Red Arrow, I should say, is in the process of shooting a maze on the back. And when he shoots him in the back where the totem is, um, Vixen feels it. And she's like, fuck, what the hell? And so she immediately locates it. And so she knows where it is. It's like a homing device that she can sense right. that it's near her. It's and kind so, of like a reverse voodoo doll, kind of. Yeah. That, like, she can feel anything that happens to anyone with the totem at that point. So v- Vixen immediately located it and used the powers of a falcon to tear through a maze and grab her totem. She flew directly through him. Jesus. And there's an amazing comic book paddle that if you Google right now, it will have Vixen midway through uh, Amazo's chest with both her <laughs> arms out like Superman. Vixen Falcon? Will that get it to me? Vixen Amazo. Vixen Amazo. Here we go. Uh... Search. A-M-A-Z-O. Is that it? A-M-A-Z-O, yeah. Popping it in here now, lads. Oh, that's class. <laughs> Isn't it? Holy fuck. She flew so fast like um She flew so fast like a falcon, she tore through him. Now, her role in the story arc was small, right? Because, of course, the total gets stolen, gets taken off. But her role was completely key in the story, as Amazo had been using her totem to channel his energy. And as she regressed to her more animalistic nature, she basically just forgot all of her other needs, and she just sought the totem's return. And so right, the end she was just focused of, on that. So the end state of all that is, and why I told this story, is she basically, the whole of the league was there, but she defeated Amazo almost single-handedly because she was so focused and she just lost every other piece of fear that she had. Right, so she didn't care about like his plan or anyone in the way. She was just diving through that man's chest to get what she wanted. Yeah, and, and I think that story kind of shows just how powerful that the totem is just on her psyche. That she needs it to control because if she doesn't have it, bad things could happen. Because, but what I will say is that after that battle, Batman and Wonder Woman were like, "Fucking hell, we're going to invite her in to New Justice League of America." <laughs> and so she was. She joined back up with the Justice League, and her main story arc in this small area. This is before New Fifty Two and all that came in. Um, were, was a very interesting idea. It was it centered around a change in her powers. 
as Vixen changed from no longer drawing on animal characteristics, but to be drawing on the powers of those around her. And so she matched others' skill levels, as she suspected, draining powers from them. And so Superman was the first to catch on to this, and she subsequently revealed it to Red Arrow as well. And so she finds out that she's actually draining other superheroes and taking their powers the longer she's around them. And can she keep them, like, indefinitely? For a, sm- for a period of time, yes. Holy shit. Yeah. It's like it's like mixing Rogue with Taskmaster. Very similar, yes. That's ridiculous. And Vixen sought out her former Suicide Squad teammate, Bronze Tiger, to discuss her situation. And she subsequently admitted everything to the League. Chairperson Black Canary instructed her to hand in her credentials and removed her from the team because they can't really go into battle with someone that drains them of all their powers. Yeah, so like kind of a team member that actively weakens everyone else on the team. <laughs> um, now, afterwards, Black Canary, who um, she's obviously she's the chairperson. She's she originally was like, "Yeah, you're off the team," but then after a while, she's kind of discussing it, and she's like. Maybe there's a possibility we just fix the properties of the totem using Zatanna. So they bring Zatanna in to basically have a look and find the source of the problem. And this is where we're going to get Mystic, Sean. And I'm going to end the report. This is a a proper Mystic. Like, I've already introduced the Red, which is an animal spirit. And this totem was created by that spirit from long ago. And so Zatanna attempts to break into the totem. And she's trying to find the source of the problem. And she f- sees a mystic image of Vixen and Animal Man as puppets. And she's just like, what the fuck? And so she tries to break the spell, but she's repelled by an unknown force. And when Vixen attempts to defeat the newly restored Amazo by absorbing all of his stolen powers, she became mysteriously weak. She then fell unconscious soon after. So her powers are now also being fucked with because Zatanna took a look inside the totem as well. And they don't know right. what's going on, basically. Um, and so eventually uh, the Vixen went to see Animal Man, who they know each other. Um, and since he had been affected by similar power fluctuations and was left unable to tap into the, power, the powers of animals. There... While they were there, Sean, they were both sucked into the Tantu totem. They were sucked into... I love a story where someone gets sucked into a necklace. Yeah, oh, and they're trapped in there. And uh, wait, and are they on their own at the time? So no one knows they're inside the, no, the You're totem. You're goddamn right they're on their own at the time. Fuck yeah, I was really yes. hoping they were on their own at the time. And they get trapped in um, Zatanna's vision. And they're trapped in Anansi the spider's net. So Anansi, the original god that created the totem, is living right. inside the totem. And uh, very Anansi cramped. is very cramped. Anansi is the trickster god of African folklore, and he reveals that his his powers and how being the king of the stories, he changed um, her personal histories and sources of powers to test her, to test her. Right. Right. So in an in an attempt to keep them contained, Anansi restores their connection to the red, but also alters the personal history of the leaguers. Preventing them from ever founding the Justice League of America. So he's like, I'll give you your powers back, but I'm going to change everybody else's history so nothing that you love ever happens. Jesus, he can just do that? Yeah, just what can you do? He's a god. Were, were they trying to fix something in the story with this? Or 
Like, is, that, um, is this some kind of retconning happening? It it is it is quite out there. I think this is the most out there story she's involved in, and it's it's a bit batshit insane. I'll be honest with you, but quite batshit um, insane. But what can you do? So, um, however, Vixen escapes, and she sought the new leaguer. So Vixen is now in this weird new world, and we're like this like the history has been changed basically, right. and so she she goes to fight Anansi. And although she succeeds in gathering allies, there's still no match for uh, Anansi's powers. And so Vixen eventually decided that fighting them was not going to make any difference. So she holds a gun and she aims it straight at her totem. Even though she knew that if the totem was destroyed, they would all be destroyed. And so she's like, give everyone back their timeline or I'm going to kill everyone, (laughs) including you. It's a fair trick because, like, it's not a world she wants to like have exist anyway. So, it's and, like, and it's it's a bit of where she says, "I'm willing to lose all of my powers. I don't give a shit as long as it kills you. But yeah. you're the ultimate bad." And so this forced Nancy to return things to normal. And then he then revealed to Mary that the whole thing was actually a test again. But Nancy, of course, like, it was. Of course, it, yeah, yeah. Like I'm only letting you in. It was a test. Yeah, yeah, he, like, you he got slow it. claps at the end. Of it, and it's just like oh, he, to be you... fair, he's the trickster god of African folklore, and all I keep thinking of Loki would do the exact fucking same thing. <laughs> it was a test. Was I testing you? That's it. Like he'll be proved wrong, but he'll style it out, and it was like, your oh. face. Your face is really. Oh, it's actually a joke. You, you believed it the whole time. <laughs> It is then that Anansi explains that while he controls the stories, the world outside the totem is changing, and the alteration of the universe worries him, as great damage can be done, Shot. So he only manipulated Vixen so that he could make her into the type of person that she needs to be, so that she can be prepared for what is to come, which I think is totally styling it out. That's it. That is someone who has been called under bullshit and is desperately trying to clutch on to respect. He's he's like, I'll give you ultimate power, but I'm going to fuck up everybody else's lives. And they're kind of like, well, we don't want to be bad people. And then she eventually gets to the point where she's like, I'm willing to kill everyone and you if you don't change things back. And myself, if you don't change things back. And he's like... Guys, I'm only joking. I wasn't actually trying to turn you bad. This is... I Look, that's just my style of humour. You know, I have a very dark <laughs> just, sense of humour. You just don't get it. You just don't get me. I'm just um, trying so, to start a conversation. And so he returns the JLA back to normal and he gives her the powers back as they were. So that is um, the last story that I could find before the New 52 were in, was introduced. They changed her backstory slightly for that and I think they've gone a lot harder... Um, in terms of Vixen storylines by herself in that but pre-New oh, cool. 52 it was very much introduced lots of team storylines and just kind of in the background a lot so but the powers and abilities Vixen is one of the most powerful and versatile female characters in DC she possesses a connection to the Red which is a magical link of course that connects all animal life in the DC universe um, so she has athletics she's got boxing Business management, hand-to-hand combat. Business That's just, management? Well, she's a millionaire model, and she has Fair. her own fashion line. <laughs> that Yeah, that checks out. It's, in some ways, it's more impressive than the hand-to-hand combat. 
Um, and so in terms of uh, her equipment includes, the, of course, the totem. Mm. And through that, she can do, uh, turn into any, she can mimic any abilities of any animal she knows of. The ability apparently gives her intuit- intuitive understanding of the animals and what abilities they have that may be useful to the situation. So she, for example, at one time she nearly got taken over through mind control and she didn't. Because she took on the powers of a mule and became as stubborn as a mule and would not allow herself to be taken over. Yes, that makes so much sense. Like, look, it doesn't make sense, but it makes it doesn't a make lot any sense. sense. I like I like that kind of shit in the story. Though. Yeah, like, yeah the- I gotcha. Like, I'm as stubborn as a mule, and I'm not letting you take my mind over. Fuck you. Um, That's amazing. So, she also has, I'm going to butcher this, morphogenetic field energy manipulation. You did okay, Connor. uh, Thanks. While the full extent of Vixen's control over that field is unknown, she has on occasions... She has on occasions drawn pure energy from it and displayed this energy as a force field, an energy clause, while in cooperation with Animal Man. Um, So, while in cooperation with Animal Animal Man, she once created an entire universe using this field between the two of them. That's pretty ridiculous, I must say. Yes. Okay, so... Go on. What, like... I don't know how to explain. I think it's just they create a field of energy manipulation, then they just re- like they it comes out of their bodies, and then they can bring it back in. Ah, fair enough. So the, the, um, your standard energy field manipulation, energy field. You know, your it's comic book stuff. <laughs> um, comic book science, and, uh, and lastly, she's got power replication. So on occasion, Vixen has shown that she can not only emulate the traits of animals, but also the attributes pertaining to the f- higher forms of anything on Earth. She once emulated the powers of several metahumans and extraterrestrials, such as uh, the Flash, Black Lightning and Superman. She could even copy the skills and abilities of other non-powered individuals, such as Arsenal and Green Lantern. She even created herself a ring at one point because she took Green Lantern's Fuck. powers. Amazing. That's yeah. really cool. That's... That's that's very combine that with the animal stuff. Like either way you flip that, it's it's a she's a very powerful character. Like super powerful, like so powerful, which is amazing that it's one of those it's very similar to Animal Man. Like all of my research showed me that it's just a case of they create this super powerful character and connect it to all this mystical shit and they can turn into anything and they can go into different worlds and then it's just kinda like we're just gonna have them as a secondary character because they're they're very powerful. <laughs> yeah, they can do too much, if anything. Yeah, and so that is the end of my um, my little report on Vixen, Sean. Um, a super powerful character that probably not a lot of people know of. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I had heard nothing about that character, really, until this report. So, delighted to, to, to have learned more. It'd be cool to see more characters like that come up. Um, like, Because I, I love that kind of shit. All the mystical magic bullshit that's some of the best things about comics and just make it up as you go along yeah and like and, and i like that she has like real human problems as well like she has this difficult relationship uh she deals with like oh my powers can go wildly out of control at any minute and i need to the, manage that the longer she stays in the form of an animal the less human and more animals she seems to become 
that's what you need in a character like that. Because then, like, any time they use it, they're taking a risk. Yeah, so it's like, you can become this powerful animal, but if you stay there for, like, two hours, you're a lot less likely to turn back. That's that's really good. There's a similar thing in, like, Game of Thrones in the books, that, like, and any time they, like, warg into a wolf or anything like that, the longer they stay in it, the more you just become the wolf, and there's none of the human left. Yeah, very so, basically the exact same premise. That's class. I like that. Uh, no, well done. That's a that's a lot of character to cover. Okay. Uh, do, would you like to take us out, Sean? Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Hero or Zero. We will be back Monday with Movie Mondays, Wednesday with Weirdness Wednesday, and Friday with another episode of Hero or Zero. Big thank you goes out to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Heroes for Hire podcast. Link to that in the description. Everyone who supports us over there gets access to things like movie reviews, uh, chats about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, probably be doing more of those kind of things in the future. So head on over there and check it out. Um, also, you can follow us on all the social medias. They're all linked below. Facebook is Detective Dibbleman's Discussion Group, where we have chats about things. Twitter is at Heroes for Hire Pod, and Instagram is Heroes for Hire Podcast. Uh, but other than that, just tell one human being that we exist. Just a one, please. And I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I have been Connor Lawler. I have been Sean Meehan. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. 